Hola mujeres. Hi ladies. Welcome back. This is your host, Jacqueline. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. This podcast highlights women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives, and we focus on getting through the transition process from feeling stuck to taking action on your dreams. If you don't already know, I'm having my very first live podcast event in Los Angeles at the Lazarus Experience in downtown LA on September 30th. If you'd like to attend, follow me on IG at A-M-I-G-A-P-R-E-N-E-U-R for all the info. I am super excited and nervous, but feel it's time to grow a platform outside of the podcast. So if you are in LA, I hope to see you there. Now on to today's guest. Jocelyn Vega is the co-founder of HireWomen.com and the soon-to-launch Hire Women Agency. She's also the creator of the logo t-shirts Hire Women, Support Your Homegirl, and Orgullosamente Latina. This multi-talented and multi-creative mujer teaches us how to believe in yourself beyond the doubt and limitation of your peers, your family, and sometimes even those of yourself. From a t-shirt movement to a woman-owned agency, this is Jocelyn's story. I feel like it was a gradual thing. Um, And I say that because looking back, I can see, I I write a lot, so I I have a lot of journals. And I can see that I've, I've had that in, like me wanting, like searching for more has always been trying to come out but I didn't fully give it that space or the time to really search for that and like figure out who I really am, like who my higher self is until really maybe the past two or three, no, like three or four years now. And um, it all happened when I decided that I didn't want to conform to like a nine to five where I was working at UCLA. I was making great, you know, money for being my my age. And um, I had the security, right? But something in me was just like, no, like this is great and all, but I feel like there's more for me. And that's when I began to question, like, why do I feel this way? And like, why can't I just be happy with like this? And and then I started to read more. And fast forward, I I when I was laid off from my producer job, because you know, everybody was laid off, um, that's when I felt like, okay, I something's wrong with me because I feel very, um, I feel like lost. So it was in those like two, three years that I had to really find myself. And I think I was mostly forced to kind of explore this side of my, 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 myself. Um, but it wasn't really a choice. I felt like I was forced to, because I was so uncomfortable and so lost and miserable that I had no other, like, I felt like I had hit rock bottom and I had to figure out a way to get out. And that was through, you know, like you said, reading and, and that, but it it doesn't, I think for Latinas or for women of color, I don't think it happens like, oh, you know what? I feel like I need to be better. I feel like we have circumstances and, and, um, and our stories are different and you're right. It's a very white space. So um, our stories are different. And so I, I say all that to say, like, I think for most of us, it happens in these, like, in these periods where the uh, times are very difficult for us. Like you said, when your daughter left, like that left you in kind of like, whoa, who am I, right? For me, it was 
I'm no longer defined by a job, then who am I? Because I felt that a, a job validated me. And that's when you do the, that's when I did the, you know, digging deeper and figuring out like my purpose and what I'm here for. Can you walk us through the process? What was the first thing that let you know? You talked about, you know, something's like, why am I not happy? Why, why is this enough? Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's a layer or something that we don't talk about as women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, that for us, we're trying to catch up, right? To just mm-hmm. be, you know, I guess that level of playing field yeah. um, with, with white, quote unquote, white America, right? Mm-hmm. So when we do get there, when we have that education, right? That mm-hmm. job and that everything is what it's supposed to look like, you know, um, it makes sense to everyone on the outside, that you have that education, that job, that six figure salary, even whatever that is, but you're still not happy. Mm-hmm. You, um, you know, talk about that as a woman of color, how you feel about that. Um, had the guilt maybe that you feel and also how you process through that to, to understand that, yes, you, it's okay to want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big issue. So um, when I, I started off working I'm going to take it back, but I started working at front desk at a, at a for-profit school. Um, and from there I worked my way up to doing financial aid for students. And I, even then I was always like, I want more. I want to do this. I loved what I did because I loved working with students and I just, you know, liked helping, um, or I thought I was helping. And then, um, I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it at UCLA. And I was 20 at the time. And so I had no college degree. I wasn't even in school. And I was just like, but I had that, like, I guess I was naive, which is good because I didn't think like, oh, I'm not qualified enough. I thought I already felt it in that time that, okay, I've exhausted my potential here. I don't want to do anything else in this realm. So I want to go do it at a bigger school. And that's when I applied and it started from there. I wasn't, I didn't feel guilty, but my peers wanted me to feel guilty. So I had people tell me, well, why do you think you're good enough? You know, and it's, it it wasn't even just like random people because I worked with a lot of people that I I grew up with, Mm -hmm. like family, friends. And it was a lot of backhanded uh, remarks such as, uh, well, like I said, why do you feel like you're you're qualified enough or I'm not qualified enough and I still need to stay here a few more years to get more, uh, uh, what is experience? And I was just kind of like, whatever, you're unhappy. That's your problem. And I already knew that at that time, but it was still kind of like damaging in the sense that I always, then I would feel like, well, damn, am I asking for too much? And then when I did get hired at UCLA, um, I was really happy because that's what I wanted, right? Um, I beat out a lot of people. And in my eyes, I was like, whoa, like, you know, if I really want something, I can actually make it happen, right? Mm -hmm. I was there for five years. And I think immediately I knew that (laughs) that wasn't the place for me because I would literally get sick, you know? And I was sick all the time. And I remember telling my mom, my brother that I was going to quit. And I wanted to, I went, I had gone back to school to do radio and um, TV broadcasting. And I remember my brother telling me like, you are so ungrateful. Like, why can't you just be happy? And my brother and my mom are, are workaholics and I am too, but I'm also, I have to work it 
well, it's different. I don't know how to explain it, but my mom and my brother love working like for a company mm-hmm. and they give them, they give that company their all, like everything, every moment of their day. And I just felt like that wasn't for me. Like I wanted to be the boss, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do some like meaningful work. And I remember when my brother told me like, you're just so ungrateful. Like, why can't you just be happy? I was just like, it's not being ungrateful. It's just, you know, I want better for myself and so I can help my family. And I, and that was also triggering because I, I had to kind of step back and be like, wait, am I being ungrateful? Like, am I being like a brat? Like, am I asking for too much? And I realize now that no, I'm not. And and if you want more for your life and and people, especially in our culture, are always going to be like, why can't you just like be safe and settle? You know, that's our, that's our parents. That's our parents' dream is that we have a secure job and that we work there until we're 60 and then retire. And it's just like, if we do that, we'll never progress. And that's why I feel like, like you said, that we're always catching up. And the thing is that most of us are first generation. I'm a first generation um, here. And I feel like we, it's hard for us to catch up to someone that's been here for many generations. And so my friend and I were just talking about this and she was saying how, you know, she's not impressed when there's a white person that's a multimillionaire. And I say, I am not either because they've had, we're playing catch up. They've been here for way longer than we have. At this point, everyone, like they should be uh, millionaires already, you know? Hmm. And so anyway, so once I was there, it was a lot of like, um, just kind of once leaving, Quitting that job was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but also the easiest. The hardest because logically, my logic was like, girl, you need to stay here and just like, you know, thug it out a little bit longer and just like figure out if this is what you actually want to do. But my intuition was like, you're getting sick all the time. You do not need to be here. Everything will work out. And um, but it was not just my battle, like in my own head. But making sure, like, my, like, I'm not disappointing my mom or my brother or I'm not, like, letting them down or I'm not a failure. Like, that's also an issue that all kids, I think, have, you know? We don't want to disappoint our parents. And um, I felt like it, I just kind of had to do what was best for me. And, and honestly, there's still times where I feel very selfish. And there's been so many times that I pray to God on my knees, like, please, God, like, if this is just not for me, then take it away. Take, take this, like, vision away. Make me, let me just do whatever. I've prayed for just having, like, a nine-to-five and being content with that. There's nothing wrong with nine-to-five at all, but I just can't be content with that. And that, that's something that I've also battled with for the last two, three years. Like, why can't you just get a job and, like, be okay doing that job for a while and I just can't do it and um it's just it's a it's it's kind of a battle because you know our parents are like they kind of teach us to just get a job and and stay there but our like something in us tells us that that there's more but we just have to risk a lot you know and so that's when I just kind of like stopped resisting and stopped I, cause I did apply for a lot of jobs and I was qualified for them and I never got an interview. And if I did get interviews, 
Um, I actually did get a few interviews like with top execs and, and they would love me and then nothing would happen. So I feel like God was just like, look, I'm telling you, focus on your own stuff and, and it'll work out. And so when I finally did and I stopped resisting, like things started, you know, happening for me, but it's kind of like, as soon as you resist, things stop going. So if you stress out, they just stop working out for you. But yeah, that's how I kind of like work through that is a lot of self-talk and realizing like, okay, I'm not the only, I'm not the first person to want more. So reaching out or not reaching out, but looking at videos on YouTube, listening to audios, podcasts, interviews, because that's really where, for me, where it started watching, listening to how other people got to that next level. And a lot of it was sacrificing, you know, and that's what it felt like when I left UCLA, sacrificing security for the unknown. And yeah, so that's how. (laughs) So you talked a lot about, you know, being told you're being ungrateful and feeling Mm -hmm. selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just like, made me so sad to my core. Mm -hmm. Um, for you because it sounds and then you talked about after that about struggling with it yourself so it wasn't only people telling you right no some reason it became you know you were so assured before for wanting more right right and you took whatever you know your family told you and now kind of became yours right? right and we talk about you know I've definitely read some books and started seeing how we have that um, ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. We don't talk enough about how we are so close, right? To our parents and our brothers and our community to live up to what they feel. Right. Live up to. And I've had women come on the show and I've asked them, so how did you get over that? And they just came to the realization that they had to live their own life, mm-hmm. live their life for them. And eventually their parents will start living their life for them. Their community will start living their life for them. Right. It's not a question of them questioning you. It's mm-hmm. them questioning themselves. I also right. had a conversation. I mean, um, you know, back in the day, like, who do you, what, you think you're better than me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, you think I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. You yeah. Think that. And understanding that this is yours. It's not mine. Right. But obviously it's your family, it's your community. And the only thing that we can really do is work on ourselves Mm -hmm. and and show them that it's okay to think about yourself, that we're in a different time, that it's 2018 and that we're living our own lives. And that's what I've told my daughter. Yeah. And take my advice, you know, and I'm not saying do what I say, Mm -hmm. take what I say, you know, and use whatever you need. But ultimately, I think the biggest um, thing for my daughter is that she's able to rely on herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She learns how to rely on her own experience and she gets to know herself, but that she has that pool of being able to pull from other people's wisdom. Right. Understanding right. that her life is very different, that her life is in 2018, not 97, 78, 67. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing, yes, I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color, and, and realizing those things, but not using them to victimize herself. Like, what can I do so that people see me as a person and not right. a color or as a, you know, a female? Mm-hmm. And being able to use those things 
and use that as power. Like this is what has allowed me to learn this or allowed me to learn that to be raised by a single mom allowed me to appreciate this and want yeah. to do something different. Um, so it's definitely taking in a lot of what the community says, um, mm -hmm. but realizing and owning that it's their stuff. And how can I give back to my community, not by becoming what they need me to become so that their fear, mm -hmm. so that they're not faced with their fears, but how can I help them? But right. first helping myself. Uh, because a lot of being ungrateful, you know, selfish is is the thing that we're taught because I think it's it's a people of color thing like just be grateful with the yes. that you're given. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we don't have to. I mean, right. I, we came from a different country and we speak and we you know, our parents didn't speak the language and yet they were able to do this. Can you imagine what I can do? Exactly. You know what our children can do. And it's like we took you know, there's people that were born here and, and have a certain kind of privilege, right? Mm -hmm. It's like owning that your parents and grandparents came to this country and were able to do the impossible with not even speaking the language. Right. Can you right. imagine what I'm going to do? Mm -hmm. Being born here, speaking the language, you know, because every generation has to do something better. Right. It's and only very difficult. So having that experience now for you, mm -hmm. you know, having gone through this, getting ready to launch your business, hire women, right? Mm -hmm. shirt line. What would you tell that, that person that started to hear those things and mm -hmm. took them on as her own? And then they just became the voices every time that she wants to do something. What would you go back and like advice or say to her? I would say, and I would still say to myself is listen to your intuition um, because she's always right. And you always feel it like, yes, I, and I, and I kind of want to backtrack because I know that when my brother was telling me this stuff, like he wasn't in the greatest place. Like he didn't really like his job. So I feel like that was, like you said, that wasn't, he wasn't just telling me like that was a reflection of what he felt. And, um, because it's, it's interesting now, um, you know, he loves his job. He's an amazing worker wherever he goes, but he actually loves his job and they love him. And now when I tell him what I want to do, he's like, yep, you should do it. Like you want to start a company. That's amazing. He talks to, he, it's so funny because my brother will never be phased by like what I tell him. I can be like, Oh my God, I interviewed Snoop Dogg. And he'll be like, Oh, that's cool. And that's it. But to his friends, he's like, oh, my sister's doing this and she has this higher women and blah, blah, blah. So I think now because he's also in a better space, he's able to enjoy the, in the things that I'm creating. And so I feel like the, the most important thing to know about any negative comments coming from anyone is that it's a reflection of them and what they feel and their insecurities. And I know that now. And it's something that I talk to my mom about all the time. Um, like if she deals with something, I'm just like, it's not about you. I promise. It's about how they feel. And so not knowing that now I would tell myself everything that people are telling you are their own insecurities. It's not because you're not worthy. It's not because you're not smart enough. It's because they feel either threatened by, by you or they're, 
you know, they're, they're looking at themselves and thinking, well, damn, like, why don't I have that confidence or why don't I take the leap, you know? So that's the advice I would tell myself is keep pushing and doing what you feel is right. You know, whether it's scary, not just do it. We have one life to live and I don't want to regret it once I'm like 50 or 60 and be like, oh, you know what? I should start it. It's never too late, but I don't want to live all those years thinking what if I rather sacrifice now, you know, and enjoy it later. But I would definitely tell her to just stay in her path and, 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 and do what feels right to her. So I, I'll notice like you standing where you took on, you know, criticism from your family, mm -hmm. um, from your community, mm -hmm. you continued to do on your path, even mm -hmm. with all these voices, even with your community and your family, and that's not easy. Right. You, know, you can take a lot from other people because I think we're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it is what it is. This is yeah. what I expect. But when your family comes at you, and you, and you and I think like we even sense that we're we're putting things in our faces. We're not only facing ours, but we're making people face theirs. Mm -hmm. Hurtful because you don't want to hurt them and you right. don't want to make them feel less. It's like I tell my daughter all the time: please don't dim your light because yeah. others can't handle it. Yes, because they're in the dark. Like you cannot do that. You either need to be it, you know, own it, or you need to be around people that are have the same light that you do. Mm -hmm. so for me I guess because I notice and I think we don't acknowledge what we do for our communities like I really like to acknowledge you that because you stood in that you were able to influence your brother mm -hmm. the jobs that he wants to have you know to to enjoy the work that does in the company because mm -hmm. of what you did I, I fully feel that that is the reason that is that he now works for a company that he likes and is now fully supporting you. Yeah. You know, and I think we don't acknowledge that. Sometimes we just, we want to be humble or we want to think that they did it on their own. But at the end of the day, like you are helping your community, whether they like it or say it to you or acknowledge you. Right. And, and I feel, yeah, sorry. And you're no. like, oh, that's good. But he goes and he tells people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> That, that's what I just want to acknowledge. Yeah. I really feel that you are influencing. And I think sometimes we, because of social media, you want to think, oh, millions of followers, thousands mm -hmm. of followers, I'm influencer, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. That at the end of the day, you know, if we lose our health, um, we lose our family, doesn't matter. Right. You are an influencer in your own life, number one for yourself, and number mm -hmm. two now for your family and your community. So I'm gonna, um, so I acknowledge you for that. <laughs> Thank you. That. Um, and I'm gonna switch it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wanna talk about your business, mm -hmm. how that started. And I think it's so important to talk about that you not only are getting ready to open an agency and launch that, which I think is amazing, but you also have a t-shirt line, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how that got started and then, you know, talk about the business of it, like how you invested um, financially, you were able to do these things because I think that's really helpful. Okay, perfect. So I want to start off with um, the most important part to me is that I, I had been wanting to do this like t-shirt line for a while. Like I've always, I, this has been an idea since like 2000, I want to say like 12 not the higher women, but the idea to start my own like shirt 
stuff because I used to make my own like Tupac and Biggie shirts. <laughs> yeah, like I was big on yeah making my own stuff because I was like, oh, everything looks the same. But um, so yeah. Anyway, that's always been like an idea in my head. Um, I got laid off from the producer job, and then in that time, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But I could not think of what I wanted to create. And so I think I was putting too much pressure on it. And then I was overthinking the process, which is one of the biggest things I see like new people that want to start businesses do is overthink and um, overcomplicate the process because I was one of that, those people. And um, I mean, I continue to be to, for some things, but uh, we always make it seem like it's a lot more difficult than it actually is. And um, so time passed, I want to say like a year passes and I'm laying in bed and then just the ideas just come to me. I got hire women and support your homegirls. So right then and there, I mocked up a few images. So I got like a t-shirt, I got a mug and I just wanted it to like, I was playing around and like putting the text over it and, and just seeing how different ones looked. And I showed it to my husband and he was like, okay yeah uh I don't he didn't really get it he didn't get the higher women part because he's not like in social media like that and he doesn't really (laughs) know like about movements and stuff and he's like and then once I explained it to him because right after I got the idea for higher women I researched like the statistics and I was just like oh my god like there really is such a lack in um women in leadership roles and women-owned businesses like there's just so much lack um of representation and so then I was telling him, and I was so excited about it. I was like, look, this is what it means, blah, blah, blah. This is how I'm going to market it. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I totally see the vision now. And I showed my friends, and they're like, yeah, like, that's cool. Like, I had, like, they loved it. I had some friends that were kind of iffy about it. But I was still in my, like, I know what I'm talking about. Like, this feels good to me. And um, I actually wasn't even, I didn't have that extra income to to start the business so I figured out like loopholes like how can I start this with no investment up front and so I used a a drop shipping service and so that was completely free like I didn't have to do anything I created the graphics by myself for um, hire women Um, I did pay for a graphic designer to do support your homegirls and then which one else I have orgullosamente latina which I made myself so these are all things that I researched. Like I had no idea and I don't, I don't really like asking people for help, which is something I'm working on. <laughs> but, um, you know, I researched everything and just kind of spent a lot of time, like trial and error, trial and error. Like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? And that's why I'm like a big like advocate of like Google and like YouTube because and Pinterest, cause all your answers are in there. But, um, yeah, so when I started to hire women, I already had a website, so I just incorporated the store, which I also did myself because I didn't have a budget for it. So once you're like starting out, it's really great to become hella resourceful, learn how to do stuff for your website, marketing, like all the answers are in the internet if you're willing to look for it. And if, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. And that's, I think one of the biggest issues we have is that a lot of people want everything handed to them and make they want it easy 
And I mean, I'm, I'm all for it because if I can get something easier, like, yes, but it also, you learn so much so that when you do start bringing people in, you can help them. You can teach them your ways and then they can teach you what they know. Right. But, um, it definitely was a learning curve because no one in my family owns a business and everyone like works for a company. And for me, it was very like the, like the legal stuff, the taxes stuff, like it, everything I've had to learn, like on the way you can only prepare for so much. And then eventually you just kind of have to like, okay, if this was like a fail, you just learn from it and, you know, keep pushing. But it, it was, it's very, it's not, everyone glamorizes the fact that you start your own like business, but it's really like not glamorous at all. It's a lot of like, like stress. And, um, but it, you know, it's stress for something you like, but even like wanting to make sure that your, your intellectual property or like your post or what you're creating is protected. So you have to, I mean, for higher women, I, I had trademarked it because I just didn't want anyone to like take it. Cause I've been creating content for like five years and I've had people take from my ideas, like flat out, just take from it. And that's hurtful as a creator because you know, the everything that went into that project and then for someone to just take it like that or try to you know ride your wave it's kind of frustrating and it i mean i just had a fake page posted yesterday so it's like you know that's the stuff that's kind of like uh it makes me want to just not do this kind of thing is when people do things like that but you know and the tax part like that's <laughs> it's so daunting but um I think I, this is like the happiest I've ever been and the most fulfilled I've ever been. And so I feel like that's what keeps me going because I see um, like my higher women's shirts, I see them on people and I'm just like, whoa, like that's the shirt that I created at home on my computer and she's wearing it. And I just got a, like a video yesterday and this girl was saying like, oh, I keep getting stopped because of my shirt. And she showed me a video of a man saying like, yes, women are smarter than men. And not that, you know, we should say that, but, you know, he was just praising women. And I love that it opened that dialogue for them and they had that connection. And um, even with the things that I post, I have people sending me messages like, thank you for posting that. Like, it really resonated with me. And it means a lot to me because I try to make all my posts very, like, not fluff and just kind of want to want I want to say something that connects with you um and I usually do that based off my intuition like what I feel I should talk about that day so it's my brand is really like personal to me it's not just me making shirts and like here you wear it and you wear it I want to sell it I want this to be like a movement like our shirts are a protest sign and I want people to feel uncomfortable when they see your shirt because they know that they're change needs to be made. You know, I want people to feel represented when they see that shirt and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, hire woman, you know? And like that, that's been like the most rewarding part of it is obviously seeing people wear it and seeing how people interact with, with that. And, um, and when I made the Orgullosamente Latina, that was an idea I had when, when Trump actually won presidency. And I, I remember feeling so sick to my stomach and just feeling so sad and like, like this cannot be happening. And I remember I was like, no, no, no. 
in a moment where I wanted to just crumble and I'm sure everybody, not everybody, a lot of people felt like they wanted to crumble or just hide and just pretend it didn't happen. I felt like that's what I want to do. But what I feel like we should do is like, is do the opposite and be like even more proud. Like, yes, soy orgullosamente Latina. You know, I am here and I belong here and it's okay to take up space. And so I feel like all of my shirts have a meaning to it. It's not just kind of like, so it looks cute with your jeans. It's just that shirt to me is representation. Like, yes, I'm fucking proud to be Latina. I'm proud to be here. I'm proud of my roots and my heritage, you know? And um, for Support Your Homegirls, it was really about wanting women to be able to collaborate, to work together, to support each other, to support a women-owned business, a podcast, a uh, anything, you know, and, and hire and like, if you know of a job that's available and you're, you know, your friend needs it, connect them, connect people and not be afraid of like, oh, she's going to take my spot. Because when we grow up, we're taught that there's only one, one spot available for a woman, you know? And so you feel like you have to compete or like, there's not enough men. So you have to compete with other women for a guy. And it's a lot of competition and it's part of that whole divide and conquer. But if we were to unite and work together, then we could create amazing things and amazing things are already happening because women are coming together and we're, we're now we're unlearning that we're not each other's enemies. We're our allies, you know? And so all of my shirts to me represent something that I'm truly passionate about. I, I've always been a girl's girl and I've, I, if you're my friend or not, I just want to always like push you to be your best because I see your potential with higher women. I know that I, you know, even when I was a producer, I would hear sexist shit and I would call them, sorry for cussing. I get really passionate. I would, um, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I would call them. There was this one older man that had been producing for like ever. Like he had like amazing credits and all that. And there was a segment where uh, the host had to go hiking. And so I was like, oh, my God, I know my friend. She's, she, you know, she's an influencer. She would be great for that. And he's like, oh, no, girls can't go hiking. That's a guy sport. And I was like, what? Like, first of all, we're in L.A. We all go hiking. And it's not even real hiking. But we go hiking, you know. And I'm like, and I'm like, that is so sexist of you. And I didn't even think of like, oh, you're actually like my one of my bosses. So I should probably, you know, not say that to you. But I was just like, no, you can't say those things. I'm like, why would a woman not be able to hike? Like, what are you talking about? And of course, he was an older white man. Mm -hmm. um, not my direct boss, because he was amazing. But it was another guy. And he's like, you know, afterwards, he reluctantly allowed my friend to do it, you know, because she I know she was like, the best person for it. And so that was part of that was me standing up for, for women. And so I feel like it's, it's part of like, just who I am naturally. Like, I just, I'm very passionate about a few things <laughs> and like, like that shows in my work, I feel, or I hope it does show in my work that I'm passionate about, you know, empowering women in all these type of aspects, but uh, yeah, sorry. What <laughs> did you, <laughs> I went on a tangent there. Um, that's okay. And can you tell us about higher women, how that, how 
what is, I guess, your purpose um, for starting that? Because it looks like it came from the t-shirts and now it's, it's like a movement, right? You started with your t-shirts and now you're having this agency. And I guess lastly, just <clears throat> tell us how we as a community can support you. Okay. So my vision for Hire Women is way more than just t-shirts for sure. It's going to, what I envision is like a, a literal community where people, women can come and work on their dreams. Think of like a big co-working space and women can come collaborate and it's a, a safe space for women to, to, to work and to get their dreams out and work on their goals. Um, I, the Hire Women Agency is actually based like a social media agency. We're, we're going to help with social media, branding, PR, everything, brand partnerships, because um, I, me and the two co-founders, which is Sasha P P Pisterman and Zaida Diaz, we're all, we have so much experience in like PR. She's worked with JLo. We've worked with finance and tech companies. Um, we've worked with corporate and we, we kind of just got tired of seeing, not being represented. And a lot of these um, social media companies that are bigger and have all these big like um, clients, like Nike, not Nike, but like other big corporations, um, they do these like campaigns, but they never feel authentic, authentic to me. And I want to change that. Like what we, we saw that we weren't re being represented authentically. And that's why we want to step in and be like, look, we get what you need to do, but we also know what we, the representation that needs to happen. And so we want to kind of combine those two to tell a story, to, to connect with people, but do it not in a cheesy way, but authentically. And um, cause I mean, I've worked with so many of these companies that want to like be cool and hip with the millennials. And it's like, not even about that. It's just like, being real and, and conveying the message properly. That's all it is. And um, so, yeah, we're launching that very soon and super excited about that. It should be by the end of the month. Um, and I'm really excited about that because I feel like we need more representation, especially women that are doing these type of things. I think it's amazing and needed. Um, and I guess the way, I mean, to support is just, supporting by sharing our posts if um buying our shirts or recommending us to someone that may need services in that field um and i feel like anything that you feel can help i welcome like if it's advice i love advice if it's like an idea sure you know shoot it over if you want to contribute to the website that's something also that you can do it's just any any help is so appreciated because it's really hard to, you know, to get that kind of support if you can't, I understand a lot of people may not be, don't have it in the budget to buy a shirt right now or like buy this or that. But if you do like support small businesses, you know, it, it may cost a tiny bit more, but not even really depending on where you go. Um, but you're supporting a dream. You're supporting a vision. You're supporting a person versus a big corporation that just mass produces and, you know, it doesn't care about you, you know, like we care about you over here. So, <laughs> so yeah. If there's one final thought that you want to live, uh, leave someone that may be struggling with, um, a mindset, right. Of doing what 
they want to do but they're struggling because of their mindset or their family what would you say to them and then if you can tell us where to find you okay so this is like my area where i i feel like i've struggled the most is with my own self um had an interview and they asked what's the what's the biggest uh the most difficult part about owning a business and it's not even that part it's your mindset and your mindset is everything i've spent two years now trying to hack my mind and figure out like okay these are not my actual thoughts these thoughts don't belong to me and and choosing better thoughts so when it comes to like anything in life, wherever you're lacking, you have to understand that you're limiting, you have a limiting belief connected to that. So let's say you don't have money. If you do this, the work and look, take a minute and sit down and be like, okay, well, what do I believe about money? Well, I believe money is evil. I believe money causes me stress. I believe money like doesn't last. It just goes away so quickly. So if those are your beliefs. What do you think? What do you think you're attracting? you're attracting what you believe. So it's really about taking that belief and turning it into a positive belief. So I don't have m- enough money. I have more than enough money. Whether it's true or not is none of your business. It will become your reality eventually if you believe it, right? So there's people that have so much money and they're always broke. Like they get paid very well and they're always broke, but because they have a broke mentality, right? Um And that's something that I had to work on because in my family, well, with my mom, my mom, my mom was a very private person. She never talked about her finances. She never talked about credit. So to me growing up, I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I would just, you know, throw it under the rug and be like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And then I realized like, no, these are things that I, I shouldn't be afraid of. Right. These are things that I should be like, yeah, my credit score is this, or yeah, my savings account is like through the roof. Right. And it's some, it's something that I had to unlearn and relearn and, and create new beliefs. So anything in any area that you're lacking, know that you for sure have limiting beliefs. So that's what I would say. Work on your mindset, read the books, do the work, figure out where your limiting beliefs, what they are, where they come from and how you can debunk them. And you can find me on my personal Instagram is at meet the industry like m-e-e-t-t-h-e industry i-n-d-u-s-t-r-y and hire women is at hire h-i-r-e dot women our website is hire-women.com 